0: All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
2: Telephone numbers 800 150
0: Hi, Zaid. Hi, good afternoon. Um, just on Israel Adesanya, I think Dana White was kind of saying on it yesterday, he's just got that confidence, but he's just that great athlete that he knows how to back himself, you know?
2: Oh, yeah. Look, Zayden, that's it. I mean, it, it, when it comes down to it, you've got two highly trained athletes, and it does often just come down to that top two inches, that belief. Um, and yeah. sometimes that comes through just time. Um, the good ones, I think it's an inherent quality, but... I'll say this: You got to learn how to lose to learn how to win, and I think he's at that point in his career where I think he knew that this, this, yeah, that they're very good, aren't they? at Putting the bravado on and coming across like they're bulletproof, but um, you know, your reputation's on the line too, and if that that's the biggest motivating factor. The, look, the guy's a class act. You, you can put all the stuff that may have rolled a few New Zealanders up over the recent times. He, he's, you know, he's a he's a fighter. He, he's a great athlete.
0: He, he, he... You say he's a great athlete, but you can't have a great athlete without a great coach. That Eugene Barrowman, there's just, like they say, they reckon he's one of the best coaches in the UFC as well.
2: I oh, don't disagree with that. No, don't disagree with that at all. You're 100% correct. And yeah. these guys deserve to get that recognition. And that's my struggle in this country that there, I think there is a prejudice towards those sort of blue collared sports. And I don't think those coaches because they don't fall into what I call a PowerPoint presentation. They're not somebody that you're going to have at the, the boardroom table at high performance yeah. NZ because they don't, you know, they, they, they perhaps don't have the academic degrees on the wall. And therefore, maybe they're not given the recognition. And it, it's 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 wrong.
0: And quickly on the um, the Warriors game last night, I don't know about that um, that try that was disallowed for the Warriors. I think that was the changing point. When they concede, got the try disallowed, and then the Knights went down the field and scored the, the try, and that was kind of the, game, the ball game, I think.
2: Yeah, look, games are always going to be about momentum. There is going to be an element of luck in it. Uh, I think we can sometimes sit back when it's your team and feel like you've been hard done by. Um but, look, I think when it's all said and done, it all comes out in the wash um look the, the, I think what that just highlights too there's just no easy game in the n r l and I think that's what makes the n r l so much more appealing than perhaps what Super Rugby is. You can look it around and you think you've got the answers
0: yeah but you would you would have never seen the Broncos losing to the Raiders.
2: well, not based on the first five rounds you wouldn't have. Hey Zade, lovely to have no. you on the program. thank you, thank greatly you. appreciated. Hi, Wayne.
3: Thanks. I love your show. Hey, um, Mark, I just wanted to touch on uh, the Warriors. I, I think, like these teams, I think it was the sixth round, and I think these teams are just tuning up, really, to be truthful, and I really do think the Warriors are going to struggle. I think they, their reputation is what really buggers me up, Mark, is because they because th- that Knights team was 14th on the table, they were ranked second at the moment. And, you know, they seem to beat the best team in the comp. And you go, whoa, how did they do that? And then when they next game out, they play the worst team in the comp and they lose. And it's, I think it's just a Warriors history that's hard to shake off. Mm. You know, they just seem to do the same thing every year. And I, I honestly am not holding my breath with the Warriors, you know.
2: Well, I'm a little bit like you. I'm hesitant. I've been really pleased for Warriors fans with the start to the season. But I've always said this I want to see how Sean Johnson's playing when we get into round 17. He's had to get himself up mentally every week. The Warriors team is depleted by injury. The travel factor's kicked in. Because if you're going to be the man, be the man every day. Don't just be the man for one week and then, you know, go missing in action every other week. Look, it's a good start, but. Yeah, and this is the Warriors' fault that I feel this way. I am hesitant and wanting to jump up and down and go. It's going to be our season for the reasons you've just mentioned.
3: Yeah, I heard last week when I heard them talking about Sean Johnson, and they were Yahooing, "Oh, he's back!" And I'm going, "Oh my gosh, calm down. Let's see what happens in the next few weeks." though, eh? you know. So I, I, I just feel sorry for the Warriors fans because. You know, I I don't think there's a better uh, Warrior fan club around in the world, probably except for the Tongan, you know, fan club, because Warrior fans are just so loyal to the Warriors. And, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not. If you're playing bad, you're playing bad. You're just crap, and that's all there is to it. But the, the Warriors fans are just unique people. They just get behind that Warrior's team year after year after year and they get kicked in the butt and they come back next year
2: No no, look they do Wayne but that's I guess what the genuine fans are that's English Premier League football that is the appeal because you are not just a you're not just a fan um, when things are going well you're there through the thick and thin. But I, I, I look, I'll be honest, there was a point with me with the Warriors last year or even the year before where I just felt that Warriors fans should go on strike because change needed to be made. <laughs> it needed to be made at the highest level. of fish rots from the head down and sometimes you've got to protest. You see Manchester United fans saying, hey, we want to get rid of our owners. We're not happy with the way the club's operating. And sometimes you've got to be, um, sometimes you've got to be um, hard to show your love to get that change. Yeah. Hey, Wayne, lovely to, yeah. w- lovely to have you on the program. Hi, Zane. Hey mate. Nice to talk to you again here. Yeah. Hey, I'm um, calling
4: call in from Tokyo, do Thought I'd better make an effort. Oh, good on you. Um, well done. Yeah. Hey, um, I guess the Warriors are a classic example, mate. The bandwagon, you, you know, jumpers are quick to jump on and jump off and all this concern. You know, the NRL is one of these games where if you're off by 5% and the other team's on the game, anyone will beat anyone. And, like, the, the Knights might be 14th, but they've got a bloody good roster, probably one of the you know, top four or five back lines, actually, if you look at the man for man. But for me, the biggest concern was you can see the fatigue factor starting to kick in there, yeah. which was where we kind of lacked a, a little bit there on defence. We're a little bit passive and let them come to us a bit. Um, then we're on the back foot a bit. And those silly sort of penalties got us chasing chasing the game there. But, you know, I don't think there's signs to panic. Um Probably the biggest worry would be the, the injuries, right, with seven out of our top 17 players out at the moment. So where the, where the depth starts to kick in there. But, um, yeah, I thought Sean Johnson had a great game, actually, oh, yeah. on a losing team.
2: No, I, I'm not. I'm certainly not saying he didn't. My just concern with Sean Johnson is I just haven't seen Sean Johnson over the years be what some people think he is. I think he's a good player but I don't think he's a franchise player. I don't think he sits there like the Andrew Johns and the Cameron Smiths well, and the great players of those what? sides. I think he is a little bit gunshot. In saying that I think he's had a great start to this season. He is back home. Maybe the two years in, uh, the two years in Cronulla gave him some perspective and maybe realised what he actually did have and that perhaps he needs to appreciate a little bit more and sometimes you've got to go through those lessons to come out the other side so look fingers crossed that he can be the man every week
4: yeah I I tell you what I think he's made a progression in every game he's played this season and you know six games in a row when was the last or when in his career has he played six such consistent games so I think it's he's, he's acknowledged you know what he can contribute that's about starting to control the game a bit more and he looks really good doing it so I'm hopeful he has a good season, mate. But, um, yeah, I'm still on the bandwagon.
2: Yeah, Looking but- to next week at home. Yeah, look, what you say about the NRL is exactly why the English Premier League is so successful because of the unpredictability of it. You mentioned the Warriors being second or third on the table and suddenly you're taking on Newcastle or 14th and you get tipped up. You see it all the time in the English Premier League and that's what Super Rugby doesn't have. There is just too much predictability about this that competition. It's too boring. This Rugby League, you're right. I mean, you can be leading three or four injuries and suddenly, you know, you're an ordinary side and it is a gladiatorial game. It's got a lot of narratives that go on in and around it. And it's the reason it is so popular, and I think it's become a lot more popular in rugby now. And
4: it's tribalism, mate. You just don't have
2: that in um, Super Rugby yeah. because that's manufactured. No, I agree, and well, that's we can, it. We can talk I about mean, that another day. No, but I've got no, no. <laughs> hey, I've no, no. I'll let you go. But look, I've got friends who are just hardcore doggies fans who have been, you know, Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs fans for life and always will be. A tribalism that I probably show towards Liverpool Football Club. I don't have that same degree of tribalism in rugby. I might have once had it for Auckland when we had the NPC. I certainly don't have it when it comes to super rugby. Yes, I'm a Blues fan, but I don't have a passion like I have for some other sports. Hey, lovely to have you on the programme. 27 yeah, minutes away from one. Hi, Jim.
5: Yeah, g'day, uh, Mark.
6: Hey, um, well, I just wanted to touch on a little bit what you said earlier around um, the, the, the appetite for sports media uh, in New Zealand. And um, <clears throat> one of the things I've been sort of Thing about it, I watch a fair bit of the American sport, and also you know follow the league as well, the NRL, and um, not so much English Premier League. But I'm sure they have a similar sort of approach. With their sports media, they really do they do good at hyping up the sport, hyping up the game um, beforehand, leading into it. I think you touched on it a little bit before with your previous call around, uh, you know, the NRL having a whole lot of narratives that go with the sport itself. Um, and so when you've got a product like Super Rugby, which I agree with you, it, it, you know, week in, week out, it can be a little bit predictable. Um, there needs to be uh, stuff behind the scenes that are, that, are, that are sort of propping it up. And I think the media and the way we present our product here in New Zealand, we do it poorly. I mean, you look at, um, you know, over in the States, they've got shows like First Take. Um, you know, undisputed, NRL 360, and as I said, the, the English Premier League, you, you probably know yourself, Mark, about some that are over there, Well, they actually have a debate. They have a debate and they go back and forth and there's lots of different narratives going on, not just with the X's and O's that, that's in the game, but outside of it. Um, and it, it hypes up the game and it creates that that tribalism, that following of your team, and we just have never had that here. You look at what they try and do on the breakdown and it's, everyone's just patting each other on the back and agreeing yeah.
2: with each yeah. other. Yeah, hey, Jim, Look, can I just jump in here, Jim, can because can I want, I, I'll just don't don't want, your, want um, to just get you to turn if I can. your um, radio down if I can.
6: Oh, sorry, mate.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. No, what, what I will say, Jim, is that you're right. I mean, you go and look at Fox Sport. They're not afraid to critique the game. They're not afraid to challenge the running of the game, the managing of the game. They're not afraid to critique the players, the coaches. They will draw attention to some of the off-field antics. And, you know, we we as humans are flawed. So therefore, we actually, we actually like a little bit of... Um, chaos. We like a little bit of a train wreck. It's all part of it. But we also want to celebrate the sport. We also want to enjoy the athleticism. And so you get both ends of the spectrum. Sky here refused to criticise New Zealand rugby. They just don't. Uh, So there's Mm. no debate. There's no discussion. You can't come in here and you know I'll give you the example. I remember when Scott Robertson a few years ago came out and said that he felt he was ambushed in his job interview for the all-black job the first time around, that it was a done deal. Now that was a big story. I tuned in to the breakdown to see the discussion on that, they didn't. They avoided it like the plague and they then told me what was wrong with Australian rugby. Um, You know, all the top rating shows around the world are opinion based. What you want to do is get a high level of engagement. You want to be talking about that around the water cooler the next day at work. You want to have the sport in the forefront of people's minds. Now, I went to Sky Television I had a really good proposal for a show um, which I had peer reviewed and pressure tested with some pretty big people in industry. I said, hey, look, this is what's happening around the world. I think I think there's an opportunity here. And you know what they said to me in this meeting? So I went through it all, okay. and I'd, I'd mentioned people like opinion, and I'd mentioned people like um, um, Mike Hosking, and how big, whether he had like him or not, he has an opinion, and therefore look at his audience. They turned around to me in this meeting and said, oh, so you're just trying to target half a million white, white middle-class males. And that was their attitude towards me. I'm like, well, no, I'm just trying to target... Half a million to three quarters of a million of sports loving fans, but it was that whole white middle class males. And you've only got to look at the way they do things now. All they're interested in is a box ticking exercise, all they're interested in is virtue signaling. And I'll argue Sky Television has simply now become a platform for women's rights. I mean, look at their pre game rugby league shows. It is just goddamn dreadfully awful, dreadful, mm. terrible.
6: Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, I, I, and I 100% agree with you. I mean, I was going to say, you know, like, you know, the types of personalities, um, like a Mike Hosking, um, you know, if you look overseas, um, the likes of a Skip Bayless, a Stephen A. Smith, um, you know, over in you NRL know, 360, Paul Kent, those sorts of guys, they just challenge um, and they critique. And it, it just, like, you know, you and I could be sitting down watching the show and it's entertaining. I could be... You know, we could both be in, in the same camp or we could be disagreeing and, and taking either side. Mm. And it just it creates, a um, as I well, said, a, a bit of an atmosphere that's wider than just the game. I agree. And, you know, that's a real shame to hear well, that you propose that it because it's interesting you say that. I've actually I've talked to a player. I won't name the, name the player, but he's he's big in the media as well. He does a bit of media stuff. And I said to him, sure, you'd be eyeing up, you know, post his footy career to go up and get involved in some of that. And his words were, he said, look, there's, there's, look I, he said, number one, I probably couldn't live in Auckland. But he said, the second thing is actually, you, God forbid that you disagree with something that Jeff Wilson or JK are presenting and make them look like fools on TV because you're coming with a different angle. Yeah. And I just thought, but, that, that's, but, that's, yeah, what, but that's what the no. success is with these these media shows.
2: No, Jim, look, yeah, No, look, I agree with you, and I'm going to have to move on, but I, I agree with you. It's like, let's get the engagement. Let's get the discussion. Let's have people talking. When was the last time Sky TV sat down with Mark Robertson, absolutely hammered the Sky on the state of the game, hammered him on at just how Mickey Mouse this whole performance has been? When has someone actually come in and got the head of women's rugby in this country and said, well, we were told that after the Women's Rugby World Cup, we're going to have this massive increase. It's going to be the next big thing. No one's turned up to old Olpaki Super Rugby. Why is anyone? It's the elephant in the room. Why is no one having that discussion? Why are we not talking about it? And what we have always seen is crowds diminishing, the interest in rugby falling off. We don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to upset our commercial partners. I tell you what, when it comes to re-signing, renegotiating the next rugby deal, it's, they're not going. New Zealand rugby's not going to factor in whether you've been a PR firm for them. They're just simply going to take the most money on the table. New Zealand cricket demonstrated that. Thanks, Jim. Hi, Andrew.
7: Yeah, hello. Yeah, I just want to make it short. Um, I just feel that uh, last night, Warriors could have taken that one out. Uh, just a couple of things didn't go our way. Um, it's always hard to beat a team at home, and, um, you know, I, I thought we still had a comeback from it, we still fought back, um, yes, we got injuries, but that's just the way the competition is. And, um, yeah, we just need some more home games, and, you know, you only have to win. You win all your home games, you just win a couple away games, and you're in the top eight.
2: Yeah, and I guess that's the great thing about the good start it has taken some pressure off, a little bit of pressure off on the back half of the season. You're right. I mean, we're going to have a string of home games at some point where we guys are going to be back. They're not going to have to travel. And that is one thing that we should not underestimate is the travel factor for all New Zealand franchises playing in Australian competitions. The other thing they just need to address is just getting off to a better start. And they're things that are just go maybe through your warm-up protocols, the way you just address that 30, 40 minutes before you go out there. And they'll be aware of that as well. So look, I'm certainly not riding the Warriors off the back of one loss. I'm just saying, based on the last five years, I'm still hesitant to jump up and down and go, this is our year. Um, but, I'm, but I am but I genuinely do hope for those hardcore Warriors fans that it, in fact it is our year and they've got something to smile about because they are a very loyal bunch.
7: Yeah, no, i tell you what, um, i have been following them since they start. And, you know, you, you become a hardened Warrior fan. And you, you just take every, every game as it comes. Um, you know, like, we've got a new coach, we've got new teams. You know, I think it's, I'd love them to get to the final this year. We keep the same format going. Hey, next year will be a definite. Um, you know, we still got some uh, big teams, you know, with, We have um, missed opportunities of taking our games. Mm. And I think the boys know it. And, you know, as long as they they keep working at it, you know, we're all in in
2: River a chance. Well said, Andrew. Lovely. And I love your loyalty, mate, and I do love it too. It's great. I mean, it's the one team that generally has tribalism in this country more so than any other sports franchise. Or breakers are in the mix as well. But rugby can learn a lot from the league. They can learn a lot from that model. Hey, lovely to have you on the programme, Andrew, and thank you for waiting so patiently. I need to take a break. I've got my mate Rex standing by his phone through. Good man out of Christchurch. We've got Cliff there as well. Spare lines, first time this hour. If you do want to jump on the phone, we'll open the lines after one as well. Thirteen and a half minutes away from one o'clock. You are listening to SENZ. I've got to say, just going back to the Sky stuff, rugby league was best when you just had Peter Ropati and Stephen McIver. Far better than this virtue signalling crap that they've got on at the moment no one's watching it. it is cringeworthy happy to say it 13 minutes away from one hi rex
8: hi mark great to hear you on the air as always
2: how did your um pool go the other day
8: oh good made it to the semi-final of the plate but um saved my worst game for the for the deciding match
2: and but that was
8: mine you know that's the sport
2: and that was eight ball was it
8: yeah, yeah yep. eight ball. <coughs> yeah, surprisingly difficult. It's only a seven by three and a half table, but they're very tight pockets. So
2: Yeah, know, no, no, doing, doing quite a bit adult. of work in that space at the moment, so I'm quite keen when I do see people on social media playing it just to get a feel for it. We've got a guy, Marco Teuscher of the Netherlands, living here at the moment, who's number yeah. 23 in the world. And um, right. they're bringing so down... I've the...
8: heard you interview him before. Very yeah, good.
2: Yeah, yeah, guy's remarkable to watch. What can I do the for pole, you on this fine morning?
8: about to well, pool's about to explode, nine ball pools, you know, because yep. Matt Trim have now taken it over. And mm. They've um, inaugurated a whole lot of major tournaments mm. all around the world now, so it's on the threshold of really taking it.
2: Yeah. Got a young kid here by the name yep. of Sullivan Clark, out of, um, originally out of, went down to Victoria University, originally out of Sacred Heart College, who's going to be exceptional. Oh, good, good. Mm.
8: Well I thought I'd just ring up in response to Israel Adesanya I'm, I mean you're, you're, you're right in saying he's a superstar and he's, a, he's like a he's like a uh, marvellous Marvin Hagler in terms of his um, you know, preeminence in the middleweight division so he I, I don't think many New Zealanders have still yet quite realised how big he is on a world stage um, I personally don't like him very much just because of his arrogance and his Way well, he carries on, but that's just me. I don't, I don't like the Muhammad Ali type persona that. Whenever I see a sportsman doing it, so I, I can never really fully warm to him. But I, I do respect his achievements.
2: Yeah, I think that, I think that's part of the marketing. Though I think these guys are quite clever. I think there is a level of that bravado that just seems to go with that sport. I wonder how much of it, whether he's actually, you know, that, that that's a genuine persona that he does put on.
8: I don't know. I mean, have have you ever met him or interviewed him? No, I haven't.
2: But I've had a bit to do with guys like Mike Angove and a few of the other guys over the years. And when you tend to get go behind the scenes, they tend to be, um, yeah, tend to be good people. I I mean, it's hard, isn't it? You're Israel Adesanya. You're suddenly making millions. You're adored. You, you know, you might have a physical maturity. You might not have a lot of great life experience. Twenty years time, they might look back and sort of cringe at their behaviour, Rex. Yeah.
8: Well, I mean, he, I, I had to look it up because I wasn't sure, and he's, he's thirty-three years old, so he's not a young, you know, he, he's got a bit of maturity now. So we can't, we can't lay that at his feet as just being, you know, yeah. uh, a, but, a, a young athlete. But, but but I
2: tell you, but I tell you what, I would rather have, I, I would rather have um, some personality, a little bit of arrogance than this just vanilla, sort of boring, cookie great, cutter. Great put a camera in front of them and you get a cliched answer.
8: Well, that's the problem of golf, I think, at the moment, because it doesn't really have those big personalities, does it, really? I mean,
2: yeah, carry on. Oh, sorry, Rex, I've just got to take another commercial break, unfortunately, my good man. But um, I've made you wait forever, and I haven't given you much of a window, Rex, and I like you, Rex. It's been a busy hour. We've got a few callers. We're going to phone back after one to get them on the programme, but we got Rex just to finish with the last 45 seconds, Rex.
7: Oh, very quick. Well,
8: um, Test Cricket, I, I did subscribe solely to Spark Sport to watch Test Cricket, but as soon as the tests had finished, I decided uh, that was one subscription. I just, one subscription too many, so I immediately chopped it again. But um, where we have it.
2: Yeah, no, it's an interesting one. I think New Zealand cricket, the cash grab, they'll be ruining that because I think they lost about 80% of their audience and young kids should be walking around pretending they're Kane Williamson and I'm just not seeing it.
8: That's true. And uh, the final shot with the Warriors, I lost interest in them about 10, 15 years ago when they called themselves the New Zealand Warriors instead of the Auckland Warriors. I yeah, don't like arrogance, mate. Yeah, don't dis- like arrogance. Mark. No, don't
2: disagree with that, Rex. And Rex, I, 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 we'll stay in touch. I, I want to hear from you more regularly, good. and I'll, I'll give you a call privately as well. Coming up to four good minutes man. away from one, we'll talk some English Premier League after one. But we've got some more talkback callers. Got some really good texts that have come in, and we'll look at those as well. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight double one. Hi, Cliff. Yeah. Good afternoon, Warren. Happy Easter to you and everyone listening. Yeah, no, thank you. And thank you for um, pa- your patience.
1: Yeah, hey, I've just flown in last night from Australia. I had about eight days over there. I uh, had a great time. I watched I watched a bit of sport over there, a bit of NRL. Um, I'll tell you what, they, they do it better than us. Look, I, I, I've been banging on a bit about Sky in the last year or so. But I watched the uh, Penrith game against Manly on Saturday night and then the Brisbane game on after Canberra they just do it so much better than us with the league and look the other morning I woke up reasonably early and and I thought to myself, what's this? Justin Marshall gets dropped from the, the panel to go to the World Cup and I thought how would they do this to that guy? He's to me, look, I'm not a big fan in some ways with them. I mean, I find them all to wee, but well, I don't, I don't find them bad in any way, really. But to me, Miss and Marshall, they're the guys that call the game. Mm. They're the guys that sit up in the box, do the business. The other, the other fluffers, the other got rid of Smithy, who would to me is a huge loss on the sideline. The rest of them are a bunch of, you know, they're just lovely boys and girls.
2: Yeah, Look, the elephant in the room, Cliff, is they no, want. The, it's a It's a, bit, it's a bit. Just dropped out there, Cliff. Look, the reality is they want to get the mix right. If they want to get the eth- ethnicity mix right, and that's not just Sky, that's media in general. I don't have a problem with it if it's the best people. None of it. And like I say. Uh, just get the best people. I don't think Mills Molina, he's a very, very good commentator, I don't think we lose much not having Marshall, as long as it's based on merit. But with the way Sky operate, and you've seen it with their sports shows, you've seen the shift to a whole lot of women's sports, which, <laughs> brutally honest, no one's watching. They're just not. It's a nice romantic notion, but they're just not. And the money that we're investing in, how is that providing a return to the shareholder? That's, that's the only question they should be asking themselves. But, but everybody sits there and is too scared to come out and say what they're really thinking. It's like the whole question around why women aren't getting paid the same as men in certain sports. And the simple answer is they just don't sell enough tickets. They don't sell as many tickets. And that's that simple. And it's nothing more than that. And that's okay. As I've said before, I've got no problem with women's sport at all. I think women's golf's a wonderful product. I think the netball they do is brilliant. Uh, w- w- women's swimming to watch is as good as the men's. Women's track and field is as good as the men's. I think women's tennis is actually a better product than the men's. I think the rallies are longer. I think it's better. You get more of a seven volley type game. But trying to fast track women's sports in this country because you're desperate to get some sort of payback because of this so-called inequality over the years is just a ridiculous way of doing things. It doesn't work. Sport needs to be able to organically grow. Having suddenly come in and say, hey, we're going to have our rugby league show for the Warriors, and we're going to make sure it's 50% women and 50% men, is just rubbish. The people watching it are hardcore rugby league people who are majority men. Everybody's sitting there just cringing. Nobody's actually watching it. it. might be on, but no one's watching it. It's an opportunity to sell quality advertising, but nobody's watching it. Hi, John.
9: Yeah, you make a good point there, I Totally agree. Um, I think sometimes we push some narratives that, uh, you know, that, <clears throat> that should have been pushed years ago, but, you know, sometimes... Some of our sports viewers are not into it. Um, but just in terms of how we do stuff here in New Zealand, yeah, I totally agree. I think Sky Sport, in terms of the fan experience and how they go into the changing room at halftime, is is quite pathetic, actually. I mean, you see, um, I think it's Stan Sport in Australia here the Super Rugby, rights, they go right in the changing room. You know, they're, you feel like you're in there. Mm. And and their Super Rugby teams suck. Um but just in terms of women's sport, I think uh women's rugby and rugby union or rugby league I should say. They call it rugby in the northern hemisphere. In the north of England they call rugby league rugby. Um but I think those sports in particular are growing a lot. I mean, especially the women's game. You see the numbers and actually more women are watching it. Um in terms of, you know, uh, getting the ethnicity right well, you know, you could you could argue that um you know, Real Three Sixty. Those guys ain't quali- qualified enough to be on
2: there. Ah, oh, no, know, but they're they they're, they're journos, I guess. They're and they're, the, white guys. Yeah, yeah, but but um, but, but look, I, I mean, I, I, again, I don't care if they're all white guys or if they're all Polynesian guys. At the end of the day, all I'm interested oh, in okay. is have 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 you stirred some emotions? Have you captured my imagination? Have you got my attention? And if you're doing yes, that, yes. you're clearly very good at what you're doing. And that's yeah, all I'm exactly. interested in. I don't sit down there and go, oh, there's four white guys doing this. I don't sit down there no. and go, oh, there's four Polynesian boys doing this if it's a good show. I just sit down there and go, that was engaging television.
9: Well, exactly, and you shouldn't be like that. Mm. But I totally agree with you. But if we're talking about people that are un, that are there without merit, you could argue the same point backwards. But anyway, we could go on with that conversation for yonks. But what Sky TV, what my issue is with Sky TV, because I'm a subscriber, is that the fan experience and the experience we're seeing on TV is shite, to put it bluntly. I mean, I watch the NBA, mate. Mm. You're there. You feel like you're there. Mm. I mean, it's round the, round the ball of coverage, commentary after the game. Who did what? Mm. And unfortunately, I know Sky probably doesn't have the budget, Like these are big American and English and Australian companies, but yeah, they need to engage more with their fans. I don't care about ethnicity or who's on there. Mm. And you're right. It should be based on merit. And like I said, it could be argued both ways.
2: Yeah, but John, just okay, let's just say, for example, that, yeah, okay, for whatever reason, we haven't done enough in the past to encourage women commentators or women television presenters in sport. Okay, so suddenly that's been acknowledged, and they say, look, there needs to be a shift. Okay, let the shift, make sure there is equal opportunity but let it organically grow. Let this just naturally evolve instead of just saying, well, tell you what, you guys are on the first floor. Now you're straight to the penthouse. We're going to give you the top job. It doesn't matter whether you've got any experience or not. It doesn't matter whether you're actually any good or not. We're just going to give you the job because we need to box tick. It's the wrong, wrong business model, okay? You can't just suddenly just change everything overnight. It doesn't work that way. And what Sky, have actually got to realise, whether they like it or not, predominantly Sky's audience, and I'll just use what, I see in the census forms, are predominantly New Zealand European, followed then by a Pacific and Māori audience, and they are predominantly male, and that is your audience. So let's not forget who our audience is, And let's not, as I said, I took a television show to them. And one of the things I got in the meeting was, oh, you're just simply trying to target half a million white middle class males. And I was actually actually, thrown by that. I felt just using that word white middle class, I I don't care what it is. It was racism. It's racism. You know, unless you believe that the only people that are racist are European. It was racism, nothing short of it. And I'm sitting there going, well, hang on a minute. What is, that wasn't my intent with the show. I wasn't worried about targeting any particular ethnicity, I just wanted to target sports fans with a highly engaging show. I hadn't broken it down into any race at all. But then I'm sitting there going, well, hang on a minute, mate. Um, They're actually the reason why the half a million white middle-class males, let's use their term, is actually the reason why $14 million or $17 million a year is spent on the Mike Hosking breakfast and advertising. But those people are also the majority of your uh, customers. They're also a majority of your shareholders. And if that's the attitude of Sky towards them, no wonder, no wonder they're not returning a profit.
9: Mm. yes, very interesting topic yeah well that's that's their prerogative, I guess yeah, but um, but, <clears throat> but it's
2: you know but but it is their prerogative, but you've actually got shareholders who are wanting to return on investment, their share price is twenty four cents. Yes
7: well,
9: we'll probably see in the next census where everyone's going in terms of ethnicity, but that shouldn't really matter, but what I'm talking about is more the experience on Sky mm. TV mm. and not up there and you work there when you're at the Olympic Games in Commonwealth yeah I you don't know,
2: I, 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 I don't, don't work I, yeah, I don't work for them but yeah I get I get on them but yeah I, look well, you send
9: yeah. Them invoices, didn't you?
2: I, I have previously yeah yeah yeah.
4: yes yeah. so you
9: did work there yeah. but in terms of Mike Hoskins he's, he's you're, you're talking about someone that's playing um, the race card a lot and and he's, he's he's resonating with a lot of New Zealanders unfortunately um but, yeah but but but, 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 but John
2: history, but, but, but John, I mean, look, look, whether people like Mike Hoskin or not, he clearly got an audience. there are broadcasting things in place um, oh, that is awesome. and and so, you know, as I said, if you don't like him, you don't have to listen to him, but a lot of, but we don't want to shut down the freedom of speech. I think why a lot of people yeah, yeah, but, you, no,
9: freedom, you, of speech, freedom of speech mate just because some people don't like hearing it in terms of anti whatever it is, it's freedom of speech, mm. So, um, so if people are saying that there's too many white guys, they're provocative. If we're saying there's not enough white guys, it's our provocative. Yeah, absolutely. It's freedom.
2: Of speech. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've got no problem with the freedom of speech at all. But I think part of the reason why, um, I think part of the reason why Mike Hoskin is popular is because Mike Hosking actually has an opinion, and that's what broadcasters have got to realise that if you're in the scan, that's what Sky TV don't realise. Have an opinion. I, I mean, if you've spent. F- $480 million, I think I googled it. So they bought the rugby rights for 480 odd million. dollars. So five years they got the rights for. Now you're thinking to myself, that says to me they believe their business model sinks or swims on whether they've got rugby. If they don't have rugby, they're probably not going to survive as a business. A lot of customers will just go away because rugby has been, along with the rugby league, the two products that have lured customers to sky. So you spend all this money. Surely, like any good business or any smart investor, you want to secure that investment. So how do you secure that investment? Well, What you do is you make rugby popular. You make rugby the forefront of people's minds. You make rugby appointment viewing. You make rugby the default setting on a Friday and a Saturday night like it once was. How you do that is you create the narratives you build the discussion. You have the animated shows. You criticise the players. You discuss the big issues. You create tribalism. You celebrate the brilliance on the field. You celebrate some of the personalities. You, you talk about the flaws. Rather than just sitting there and just telling us nothing. Nothing. Think about what you're up against. You're up against Netflix. You're up against Amazon Prime. Disney Channel, you've got YouTube, you've got TikTok, you've got a million other ways people can now entertain themselves off their phones. That's what you're competing against. And for them to choose you, you need to be smart. You need to be smart. You need to make sure your product is ahead of the game. And rugby's not. Now Sky, 5% of it is owned by New Zealand rugby. What about the other 95%? What are you doing to target the other 95%? In a meeting I had with them, I mentioned these things. Their argument was, why should we be the ones that should leverage rugby? And I just sat there and thought, what part of business don't you guys get? You're the ones that have spent $480 million. Of course it's your job to leverage it. Of course it's your job to secure it. Of course it's your job to protect it, to build it. It's not the radio station's job. It's your job. It's your business at stake. It's your money you've invested. You combine that with the half a million white guys, and you just sit there and who is running the ship here? 0800 1508 811 is the number taking your calls hi joey
5: yeah good. mark just uh just with the warriors um uh watched them again last night um they've got a big problem out wide with their um their wingers and centers coming in and that's called um com- uh, what's the name defense um compressed defense yeah if you don't get it right they'll score from him now cornell scored four tries from from that and and um, the Knights scored three. And what it is, Mark, is, is that the wingers—they're not talking. The centres and, and wingers aren't talking. So all, you, all these coaches are going to do, if they're any, any, good, any good as a coach, they're going to say, "We'll just do the, 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 the man run through, pass behind, and get the ball, ball wide." One, you know, one, so a dummy runner runs through, go to the, the next guy, and the ball wide. The Warriors wingers will come in, and they'll have an overlap. And if they don't get that right, they're going to get hammered
4: because,
5: I, I, you know, you can see it a mile away. And it, it's, it's, it's been happening. Martin Vardavai used to do it as well. Uh, I don't know whether it's something to do with the Warriors coaching or whatever, or, you know, it's installed in them. But, you know, I was always taught when you're playing rugby league, you know, you you, you talk to you, your players inside you. And I, I was always said, too, that if the centre sc- scored, the, the, the centre, the center, he's obviously beaten the centre nine times out of ten. Always be you know, someone's missed a tackle. So at, at the end of the at the end of the day, when you when you stick right to the sideline and and um the, the you're the winger that's that's attacking you, there's only one way he can go, and that's in field. Never be able to run around you because he r- runs around you or run out. And it's not easy, but they're ball watching, and they, and they're not talking to each other, and that's going to cost them dearly later on because these teams are picking up on it. And um, I, me and my brother, I don't know whether. Yeah, I just and they're not talking either. You know, the, the centre's not talking. Calling the guy, I've got the you know the guy inside you, Mark. You've got the guy next inside you, and, and, and it's not working for them at the moment. They're getting too many tries scored out wide. They're not getting they're not getting too many tries scored up the middle.
2: Yeah, yeah, look, I mean, when I was watching rugby league and what I still consider its prime in the 1990s, I mean, and I've always been just a fan of the basic sliding defence, you know, to just, yeah, go left to right, right to left and tend to sort of follow the ball and just sort of stay on the inside shoulder and, you know, sort of push your players wide. Is this, I want to ask you this, is this uh, this a blueprint that you see from other teams within the NRL or is this something that Andrew Webster's part of the Andrew Webster uh, coaching model?
5: No, I've seen it in the Warriors. For I've seen the Warriors in the last the last nine or nine or ten years. Brisbane Broncos do it. That's my side. They do it as well. And 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 the, I, I believe, Mark, the sliding defence is a lot better than 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 the um, compressed defence. Because if your winger or your centre doesn't get the right man, if he doesn't get the, the centre with the ball, they get an overlap nine times out of ten they'll score. And that's what's happening with them. And it's been happening with the Warriors. If you if you freeze frame it and slow it down, you'll see it, you'll see it happening quite often. Not, not, not just with the Warriors. The Brisbane Broncos do it too. And, uh, and what happens is you, you, you'll, you'll lose games you've like good coaches will pick it up.
2: OK, so is it, so in the case of the weekend, is it, is it Cozy or Montoya's fault or is it Pompeo or Vilea? I mean, who's to blame here? Or is it a combination of all four? Well,
5: it's a combination of all four. I don't think they're talking to each other. You know, Kossi um, should be saying, he's your man. He's... And if the guy does score, you turn around and, and when you're behind the goal line, you talk about it and say, well, he was your man, you missed him. I'm not, not running. On mm. the day, if you day, like, they end up, ta- up taking nowhere. There was one try they scored last night where Sean Johnson went to, went to go to get the guy and the centre came in and he was about three feet from um, Sean Johnson and the, the, the guy with the ball just passed to, the, to their, their guy, and he just passed it to the wing of the wing, cut back inside and scored.
2: Mm.
5: I mean, and, and Sean Johnson, don't get me wrong, Sean Johnson didn't do anything wrong. In my opinion, it was the, the centre's fault for coming in. Mm. And that's what I call ball-watching.
2: Yeah, look, I I mean, if you're coaching the Warriors, look, look, Sean Johnson's not a defender. We know that he is a little bit gun shy. He can make the odd tackle, doesn't mind coming in as the second man in the tackle, but he is going to be targeted. So you've got to coach around saying, look, we've got to keep Sean Johnson out of that defensive line. We can't afford to. We can't have him being a target. And therefore, it's hard to lay blame at the feet of Sean Johnson.
5: Yeah, but Mark, not at the moment. Not, Sean Johnson's defense this season has been the best defense I've seen him in probably his career. He's been tackling better than, than anything. So I mean I, I just back him. I'll, if I wasn't outside him, I'd say, Sean, you've got him. If, if a guy beats him, so be it. You know you might be able to ta- you might have to come in then and make the tackle or not. but these guys are ball watching and, and they're going to get caught out big time again and again with the good sides like Melbourne and that, they will get caught out massively Mm -hmm. if they don't fix that. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing. You know, their their middle is very good. Very good. You know? And that's what I think. And I don't
2: know what other people think. How concerned concerned are you? Round seven this week, got the Cowboys. Cowboys haven't been playing well. Pretty much a side that same side as we saw from a very good Cowboys team last year. We suddenly saw in round six the likes of the Melbourne Storm, the Penrith Panthers and the Rabbitohs start to hit their straps and have good wins. Are the Cowboys unfortunately going to get the timing right this weekend against our Warriors team at home?
5: Well I think if the Warriors don't, don't address this this situation they've got, um, I think the Cowboys will beat them. Because I think most sides will pick up on it and and you know, I think the sliding defence, like you were talking about, is far better than the compact, um, compressed defence. Because as I say, if your if your if your centre gets in, your winger gets in no man's land, you buggered. They'll score. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. And that's what's been happening in the last two games. There's been seven tries scored through that compressed defence, which to me is not working. And if they don't get it right, they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. They've been playing very well. Don't get me wrong. You know, especially from the starts they've had. They're coming back very well, I mean, you know, and they got they got over Cornella. Yes, they did, but Cornella still scored four tries from that compressed defence, which wasn't working.
2: Mm. Look, really nice call, Joey. Brilliant. And look, I'm going to actually have a little bit more of a closer look at their defence this weekend. It's a, it's a really good point that you make.